Welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland. My name is Brad Ward. This is Salary Cap Free Agency Week at All Eyes on Cleveland. We're going to take you through everything that you need to know about 2021 free agency for the Cleveland Browns in the NFL. Uh, lots of speculation around this salary cap because uh, it is a lower salary cap. Uh, lots of questions about what's going to happen with that. We have a great guest tonight, Michael Janetti is going to join us here momentarily, founder and managing editor of Spot Track, uh, and uh, he takes us through a, uh, some very interesting stuff. We've got a lot of great questions for him about um, the salary cap, the implications it will have on the Browns on free agency. Uh, we'll get some answers about uh, extensions with the Browns players, so on and so forth. The NFL also today making it seem very likely that they will add a 17th game to the regular season. Uh, I will talk about that after the interview a little bit, uh, about how that's going to work. Also, some other rumors surrounding Wild Card Weekend. We'll hit on that as well. Uh, but without any further ado, let's get to the interview tonight. His name is Michael Janetti, founder and managing editor at Spot Track. All of your free agency and salary cap questions answered right here on All Eyes on Cleveland. Mikey, you have him. Let's get let's bring him up and uh, get it going. We are absolutely thrilled at All Eyes on Cleveland tonight to have on a very special guest, the one and only Mike Genetti, founder and managing editor of Spot Track. Uh, welcome to the show, Michael. Uh, how are we doing today? Good, Brad. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time. I've got a million questions for you. I'll try to do this as quickly as we can. There's so much going on with salary cap. It's crazy. Uh, so at your site, at the Spot Track site, which, um, you know, I already mentioned to you, I'm a frequent flyer at and many people use all the time. It's a tremendous resource. Uh, and uh, I urge other people out there that are listening to go listen to your podcast at The Athletic. Uh, the Spot Track podcast as well because it's tremendous, also. But uh, you guys have the cap number up there at 185 million. Um, the floor is 180 right now from the NFL. Why that figure? And do you still think that's a fluid situation? Very, absolutely. Yeah, we're you know it's wishful thinking the 185 because of what the NFL is actually allowing people to say right now, which is closer to 181 or two maybe. But look there. There's a reason that they're pumping and publicizing these TV network deals right now and, and the fact that they're close because it's giving advertisers, front offices, players, agents, all who are working feverishly right now, you know, with two weeks to go, that there could be some wiggle room here. And if $14 billion worth of TV contracts is signed on an eight-year contract, uh, you know, I don't know how they keep this thing $20 million, you know, lower than we are right now at 198 in terms of a salary cap. So I'm confident that we're going to be higher than 180 okay. to some degree. Uh, but but in my in my opinion, it's got to be as close to 198 as possible. Every other league has made this work and they're going to eat their losses over the next few years. None of those leagues have a $14 billion television contract yeah. ready to be signed. So the NFL seems as poised as any league to figure out a way to stay neutral right now. And I sure hope they do it. So um, we came some news today that affected the Browns. J.J. Watt signs a $31 million deal over two years, 23 guaranteed with the Cardinals. 
Another Cardinal, and I'm just going to bring this up on the screen real quick here so you can see, tweeted out recently, uh, you know, Chase uh, Edmonds yeah. here. This free agency is going to be wild. Going to be a lot of really good players taking one-year uh, rentals because that salary cap, Super Bowl teams type, in my opinion, we're going to see, though, with the eyes emoji. So uh, my question to you, I guess, is how – Will this directly affect free agency? And is he right? Do you expect to see a lot of one-year rentals and guys that don't want to negotiate long-term deals this year? Yeah, I think we've already started to see it. Look, J.J. Watt, 31, yes, that's a red flag, but, you know, $31 million over two years, $23 million guaranteed. Unless there's some void years and a big signing bonus, that's going to be pretty heavy cap hits. So that's yeah. the start of a player right there who had the ability to do whatever he wanted with a dozen teams after him. You know, he could be he could have been on Green Bay right now on a five year contract to sort of finish his career with some cap friendly numbers this year. He didn't do it. You know, I'm expecting that cap figure to be up to upwards of 16 million dollars, maybe more. So this is the start of that. And teams are going to have to live with the fact that if they're going to go sign some free agents, it's going to be short term, high impact, high guaranteed percentages. And these players are going to get their get themselves back to free agency either next offseason or the year after that when the cap should balloon. You know, if, if this thing does drop this year, it's going to balloon over the next two because the money is real. So uh, agents know it. Teams know it. Players certainly know it. And it's going to be a lot of where do we want to play for fun in 2021? Not so much about the dollar signs. And then give me the chance to do it again in 2022. In your opinion, um, Mike, what level of player will lose out in free agency so i doubt it's going to be the stars right they're probably still going to get their top level money uh i don't know though uh is it going to be the mid-level guy is it going to be the veteran guy that normally would get three or four million now he's going to take the minimum who loses out you think in this everybody except for the superstars even the yeah. rookies i mean the rookie wage scale is coming down <laughs> you okay. know everybody loses yeah. franchise tags are down everything's down except for top dollar quarterback contracts, which, you know, there's no question Dak, Baker, Lamar, Josh Allen, if they want to sign this year, it can be for market value. But everybody else, in my opinion, is going to be one to two million down. And if you're a five million dollar player last year, you might be a vet men this year. You might be one and a half million dollars with some incentives to get it back up close to three or four. Uh, going to be a lot of creativity, a lot of incentives, a lot of bonuses, a lot of ways to keep the cap number low to start. And then, you know, obviously wins and, and production can can increase the cash flow. But it's going to be ugly, unfortunately, for a lot of players and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, quarterbacks notwithstanding. Yeah. So um, with the one-year deals or the two-year deals, you know, with the player options, however you they want to, you know, make it look, it's going to be a lot of that short-term stuff. Does that lend itself to uh, some teams, like, really going for it right now? So, like, the Browns are in, in my opinion, it's like, okay, they're a fringe competitor team, right? And they have, in my opinion, it's what, like two years till Baker's money will be on the books, right? Mm -hmm. So is this their go for it time? Should this be an opportunity they really push their chips in? And does that lend itself to NBA type collusion, buddies, you know, getting together to get on a team? Uh, I mean, that could be a real problem, right? It could be a real problem. Um, you know, if the NFL wants to do anything about it, but it could be a real problem if it works. That's yeah. what I'm worried about, right? And maybe the NFL should be mo most worried about because it worked in the NBA and nobody's really looked back. That's just sort of the, the lay of the land. And it's gotten to the point now where, 
you know, guys are calling guys off of other teams and saying, find a way to get yourself traded here in the next month. You know, that's yeah. a real thing in the NBA. So uh, it's not so much about, you know, will the players get caught or will the agents get caught? To me, it's about is this process tangible in the NFL? Can Russell Wilson not only get himself out of Seattle, but bring four of his friends with him to a, to a cap friendly team this year on short term deals and try to win a, try to win two or three Super Bowls together, yeah. you know? Um, obviously a little bit harder with the, with the big rosters in the NFL in the shorter seasons, but look, the, the Rams are kind of leading the charge here in, indirectly. They're basically saying, we're going to have seven guys, the Chiefs as well to somebody, we're going to have seven or eight superstars, we're going to pay them max dollars, we're going to fill in the blanks you know, past that for our 53-60 man roster, and, and we're just going to hope that those seven or eight players are better than anything you, you can bring us on a weekly basis. And they're, they're in the playoffs every year. The Saints do this every year. The Chiefs have done this for the past three years. It, it's a it's an it's a different way to build a team. I'm not sure it's a long term successful way, but they're these high impact, quick decision teams have been successful. So this yeah. could be an example of half the league doing that. You know, let's bring in four guys on one year good guaranteed contracts. If we win, we'll worry about it later. Let's not worry about 2022. Let's try to win right now. Yeah, I think there's probably half the league. Th- um mike i wanted to bring this up but you mentioned the chiefs and all that there okay i wanted to bring this up and this was a tweet of yours um and it was in regards to their cap situation here let me see if i can manage this uh all right so the chiefs currently find themselves about 17.3 million dollars in the negative cap space heading towards the offseason converting patrick mahomes 21 million dollar roster bonus into a signing bonus will free up 17.3 million dollars of space right so and the reason that works right is my understanding is that uh your when you do that take a roster bonus and switch it over to uh, what would be a signing bonus, it gets spread out over the life of the deal, right? Uh, so, like, if it was a five-year or a four-year deal, that bonus doesn't have to get paid out. That year gets spread out, right? So it frees up some immediate cap space for that year. Well, I also looked. They have Chris Jones has a $20 million roster bonus. Kelsey has a $7.5 million roster bonus. So could they just create a bunch of free cap space by doing that? And if they do, will it ever bite them down the line? It has to, right? Sure. Yeah. Their, their shelf life is four years max, in my opinion, because of what they're about to do. This is what the Chiefs do. They build. They, they keep it cash-friendly the first year, real big bonus the second year that they know they can restructure. It's already built into the contract language. Like, they know it's getting restructured. But it's also why I'm not worried about the Chiefs' cap space this year. And in essence, Patrick Mahomes hasn't even signed that extension yet in terms of how the salary cap looks. <laughs> He's he's basically still on a rookie contract. So, you know, you restructure his bonus, you restructure Hill, you restructure Jones, you extend Tyron Matthew, and they're in great shape. You know, they're they're in go get somebody else kind of shape. Um, So they're they're not on on my list. You mentioned biting in the butt. That's the Saints. That's the Eagles. When you do it over 10, 12 years, like those teams have done it, just continue to push it down the line, push it down the line. It works unless the league can't bail you out with cap and the league can't bail them out this year. As of right now, they are in trouble because of this cap drop, because of this cap crunch. They're going to have to make some big, big veteran decisions to bail them out of their own process. But 
generally speaking, when you need to, you can find cap space anywhere you want. Yeah, yeah. Some cap gymnastics, figure it out, right? Um, all right, you're lost. You're uh, watching and listening to All Eyes on Cleveland here tonight with special guest Michael Janetti. He is the founder and managing editor over at Spot Track, uh, and also uh, the host of the Spot Track podcast at the Athletic. Um, Michael, let's shift to the Browns just a little bit here. Baker Mayfield. Uh, I got three guys here that we're looking at extensions, and really it's more if you start to look at Wyatt Teller next year who, you know, graded out of the this world this year all of a sudden. But let's start with the main three with Mayfield, Chubb, and Ward. Uh, Baker Mayfield, does it make sense to sign him to the extension this year, or does it make sense to wait Um in your opinion, I guess. But what do you think about that? It, it's really tough. It, it, it's really because obviously the easy answer is you do it now because it's going to be a better value down the road. You know, if he's here in six years, you know, it's going to be an Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson type situation where, you know, those guys are 10 to 15 million dollars underpaid in terms of cash right now uh, when you look at the rest of the league. So so that's reason one to do it. Reason two to do it is you finally have some comfort with the guy and you want to make him comfortable and feel secure and feel locked in. And Oh, by the way, having a quarterback is also pretty attractive to the free agent market. You know, you want you, guys want to know if they're coming on a four to five year deal that Baker's Baker's going to be here for a while. It's going to be stable, but that doesn't really matter this offseason because of everything we just talked about. It's going to be a very frantic, chaotic, short term free agent season. So in my gut, guys like Lamar Jackson, guys like Baker Mayfield, I'm waiting a year. Josh Allen, maybe not, uh, because I see Josh Allen more in a Patrick Mahomes type contract, eight, nine years out where you can really spread some things out and keep it neutral this year. But I don't think that's how Baker would operate with a contract structure. And I don't think that's how Andrew Barry wants to operate the contract. I think it, he's a little bit more of a modern type, a more of a, a newer structure where, uh, you know, we want to make this thing impactful now, get out of it when we need to, a la Jared Goff, right? There's a big difference yeah. between what Jared Goff had and Carson Wentz had even though both were traded this offseason. Um, it seems like the newer GMs are trending more towards impactful, front-loaded contracts that we have control of than year four, year five. Um, that's the sense I get with Baker, which makes me think this is not the right time to do it. Let's wait an offseason. Let's address some of these other needs, Denzel Ward, maybe some of the defensive players, and, and try to lock in that side of the ball. But I think Baker's maybe a one-year wait. Okay. Uh, Nick Chubb, you know, running back extensions are dangerous. There's a, a million horror stories around them. But I think and with the analytics front office, you would think they would kind of be weary of the running back, you know, extension here. But he's a special guy. Nick Chubb is a really special guy. Uh, not just a special back, but a special guy as well. I think they want to keep him around. Um, and the and the running back market came back down to earth a little bit last year, right? So you think they sign him to an extension? Boy, this is maybe the most fascinating part of the Browns right now because, look, there's so many questions <laughs> about do you sign one running back, and the Browns are now asking, do we sign two? Uh, yeah. It seems like an impossible task, but they do have value in Kareem Hunt's contract. There's no question about it. So. Yeah which gives them leverage to do as they please with Nick Chubb. Unfortunately speaking, I like the kid, and I think he's a great player, especially from a yeah. fantasy perspective. But I, I do think they're going to let it expire, and I think they'll probably make him play on a franchise tag or at least 
get to a franchise tag, a la Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. I, I see Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry in very similar circles where they, they, they both kind of stay away from the passing game a little bit more than is necessary for a big, big-time payday. So it seems like Cleveland has enough leverage with Hunt's contract and with his lack of versatility, so to say, to say, we're going to let the contract expire. We've got other miles to feed. There's probably a franchise tag in your future if you want it. Otherwise, we'll work it out later. But I don't think there's a necessity to get that done right now either. Okay. Um, and then lastly, Denzel Ward, you mentioned you might want to do it this year uh, on with for him. Is that what you said? You thought maybe Ward would be the time to do that extension now? Or would you kick the can on that too? I think Denzel Ward has shown enough. Um, and boy, it'd be nice to lock him in and have him be a long-term asset after this Carson Wentz debacle because he was kind of the uh, the prize that came from Carson Wentz's trade out. So I think, uh, you know, the cornerback market has jumped. It, it's probably going to jump significantly more. Jalen Ramsey has certainly reset that. The secondary market as a whole is about to just get ridiculous. Jamal Adams and, and Minka Fitzpatrick are about to blow up the safety market. So um, it's a good time to be a high-profile sec- uh, defensive back in the league right now. Cleveland does have at least one big contract to make this offseason, and I do think it's his. It's not going to be Jalen Ramsey-esque. It's going to be second tier, so you're looking between 16 to $18 million per year, in my opinion, um, if you value him as your shutdown corner for the next four to five seasons. But Yeah, but I, I, my only question about him, Mike, is in, the only reason I would wait one year on him is it's like his availability is somewhat questionable, right? I almost want him to come out and, and see him play 13, 14 games next year and prove to me that before I really pay him the big money because he's been, you know, he had a lot of concussions his rookie year and he's been dinged here and there. It's It was better last year, but he's still, he only plays, you know, 12 games, 10 to 12 games a year, right? And if you're going to give him that kind of money, you want to see him play 14 at least, I think. Yeah, I would imagine you feel the same about Wyatt Teller though, right? It was yes, that the one year, you know, an anomaly kind of a year. But I'd feel a lot more comfortable about extending the offensive line than I would a cornerback right now, knowing what you're going to have in Baker Mayfield locked up. So uh, it's questionable all across the board. It's interesting to see what the new GM and the new front office is, how, how they're going to react to a little bit of winning, because you can be reckless with your cash, you know, once the year. Um, you know, I, they're not all in like Kansas City, I wouldn't imagine. We're not going to see four extensions this offseason, but I bet we see two. I bet we see two. Okay, interesting. Uh, very good. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland with Michael Gennetti, founder and managing editor at SpotTrack. Just a couple more minutes, Michael, and I'll let you go here, okay? Uh, we talked about the danger of the cap situation and everything. The Browns really need to get better on the defensive side of the ball. And so I've been kind of doing these breakdown shows on each position on where they can get better. I identified a couple places. Obviously, they need help at corner because you don't know what you're going to get from Greedy Williams, etc. There, but I also think that their safety room was really, really terrible last year. Uh, Carl Joseph and Sendejo and Sheldrick Redwine played like 2,000 snaps, yeah. and they're like the three of the worst graded safeties in in the, in the league coverage wise. I mean, it was just not good. And uh, I'd like to see them get aggressive there for one reason, because you don't know really what 
Obviously, you'd like to pencil in Grant Delpit as a starter with Ronnie Harrison, who was a nice move, right? So they have those two guys. But I know that that their their DC uh, Joe Woods wants to play with three safeties a lot of the time. So you know that's the whole way the NFL is kind of trending. So I would like to see them go after like a high end safety. Um, I know they're going to get linked to Anthony Harris, but he kind of took a step back last year. Uh, I really like the Marcus Mays of the world, the the John uh, John Johnson the third. I think they should go after potentially, but is that within their their spending reasonable? Look, if if the goal is to rebuild the secondary a little bit, and and that includes maybe extending Denzel Ward, then that's that's what they're going to be all in on this year. You know, I think they're going to identify it. it staggering is so important right now in this current NFL. It's not about you know let's get everybody done right now so we can all have the core together you've got to be able to stagger these big free agent contracts or these big extensions internally so that you don't have a situation where in 2023 we have 80 million of dead cap to try to get out of this, this current situation so yeah. I, I do think that there is a world where some of these good teams that i've mentioned already the rams being one of them are going to have to give up on a couple of pieces because of the moves they've just made look they've got dead cap for Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley still this year, not not to mention Jared Goff. So I think there's a world where John Johnson and Troy Hill, two starting defensive backs on the Rams last year, walk. And if that's the case, that's where you overpay. I agree with them not overpaying for J.J. Watt because they can go find an edge rusher either in the middle of that draft or there's nine or ten really strong names about to hit the open market, really strong names. Yes. Uh, you know, a little bit older, but but still worth your time with Garrett on the other side. So, yes, I, I think, you know, the Saints may have to lose a defensive back this offseason in Marcus Williams. I think the Rams may lose two. Patrick Peterson is certainly going to walk out of Arizona now that J.J. Watt has signed. Uh, you know, what happens with Justin Simmons? If, if he's double tagged in Denver, is he going to try to force his way out of there? There are so many options on teams that aren't ready to, to, to contend as much as Cleveland is. And I think they're going to be right there to pounce when somebody comes calling. That's awesome. That's that's what I love to hear. Um, I also, you know, looked at a way that they could get better is really at that that nickel corner. So they paid three point five million dollars to uh, Kevin Johnson last year, who wasn't very good. Again, another first round pick that they took out coming off a rookie deal. Right. It's kind of maybe a theme there. Maybe we might we might be seeing with our front office, but. Uh, him and Carl Joseph, both former first-round picks that didn't right. really pan out. Uh, but, Ke- you know, Kevin John, they paid him $3.5 million. Now, the market for a nickel corner at the most probably is going to get to maybe six or seven, I think, for probably the best guys you get get at that position in the league a year. So if you're looking at, like, the Brian Pools, the Mike Hilton and Troy Hill you mentioned already of the world, that's a place that they can spend a couple million dollars and yeah. really upgrade the defense, I think. Yeah, the, you agree the, with Bears that? Have been, the Bears have been doing this now for the past couple of seasons, sort of replacing that piece because you can do it every year. You can do yeah. it on, on one- to two-year deals. Yeah. You know, and if you're reaching at $6 million, it's probably still worth your time if you have the space to burn. Uh, to get one of those top guys out there. I, I love the Troy Hill situation now that I've said it out loud, to be honest with you, um, especially if you can you can combo pack that with Johnson, who I think is ridiculously underrated. Uh, there's a couple of guys coming out of Cincinnati that may not be signed back as well, who I do think have some game left in them coming off rookie deals. That's right in Cleveland's wheelhouse. So I, yeah. I think there's, there's going to be options. And, and this is the thing I've noticed with this free agent class, maybe more than the last couple of years. 
there just seems to be so much depth in this free agent class at the big positions. Wide receivers, ton of depth. Running backs, ton of depth. Even quarterbacks, of course, ton of depth. That generally drives prices down. And in the the financial year we're about to hit, I I can't even imagine how much that means the finances are coming down. So how much is, you know, Troy Hill going to cost if he's still sitting there April 1st? You know, and that very well might be the case. Uh, Again, Cleveland has the assets to pounce. So I think it's a good spot. Yeah. Um, you know, job one, I think, has to be for them. And I think what everybody, at least what I took away and most people should have taken away from the Super Bowl is if you really want to contend and you really want to be able to beat the Josh Allens and Patrick Mahomes, you got to be able to get home with four guys, right? Yeah. So pass rusher is job one for the Browns, right? Opposite Miles Garrett. And I think they addressed that probably maybe in the draft and in free agency. That yeah. Maybe not a top-end guy in free agency, but I think if you get a long-term solution in the draft, and then another uh, piece in free agency. I think that makes a lot of sense. But my, my last question for you, I guess, would be, how do you handle the Odell Beckham Jr. situation, in your opinion? Um, I mean, the, he's got that guaranteed money that kicked in due to the injury, right? Yeah. So you're not saving a ton by trading him. But at the same time, I think that, and you tell me what you think, Mike, but the impact he had on Baker Mayfield is real, in my opinion. Like, his effect on his game is real. Like, the front office wants us to believe after the season, they, you know, it was that the offense came along so much more after he was gone that if he would have been there, it would have been, he would have been shining just as brightly. It, but the numbers are pretty stark with and without him and how much more comfortable Baker looked without him. And, and it's a real thing, I think. I mean, I get uncomfortable if he doesn't get a couple touches, right? <laughs> you know, in, in like two series, if he doesn't get the ball, I'm getting a little squirmy. So, I, you know, I think it's a real thing. So it makes me want to listen to trade offers, but not quite give up. I, I can't decide. What do you think, Mike? I'd put him on the block and then listen for sure because – Look, that guarantee that kicked in, that's the only guarantee left on his contract. So you're talking about a player, right. you know, somewhat maybe one year past his prime in terms of his injuries on a one year, $13 million contract. You know, there are a lot of teams, I think, that would consider that for, you know, a, a mid round pick, which Cleveland would lo- probably like to get. But I agree with you. He's he's probably the, you know, the, the still the savviest veteran wide receiver on that roster uh, with a close second to Jarvis Landry that. To me, it's the question that I can't answer because I'm not in that locker room. Is Rashard Higgins ready to take a step forward? Is he ready to be a real WR2? And if he, if, if there's more left to uncapture un- from him, you know, if he can be more of a Curtis Samuel type player, then maybe there is room in that locker room to get rid of Odell Beckham Jr. for some kind of mid-round pick. Otherwise, why, what's better than having an extra wide receiver in the room? On a, on a one-year, basically guaranteed contract that you can get yeah. out of next year fairly easily. I, I just don't see the need to rush it. There's, it's not a necessity to trade him. If somebody wants to blow you away with two picks, you know, a third and a fourth or a second and a third, you're doing it, of course. But uh, I, he's basically a rental piece at this point, and I, I think that makes sense to keep. I lied to you. I have one last question. I'm sorry. Uh, It just came to me. Mary Kay Cabot today after the J.J. Watt news, and she was kind of all over that story, as she always is with everything in Cleveland. But um, 
she came out today with a piece saying that they have interest in Levante David and Brashad Perriman. Now, Brashad Perriman makes a ton of sense. He was here before, has a connection with Baker, and the Browns lack speed major in that room, right? And that seems like a value guy you could add with that speed. That makes a lot of sense. Levante David, though, uh, inside linebacker, makes some sense. But once again, you point to that front office. They don't value linebacker very much in that in that front office. Uh, and uh, I, so I guess I question if they would spend the kind of money that it would take to bring Levante David in here. Yeah, I mean, he probably maxes out at $14 million. So if you're talking about that, I think I'd just rather put that into a second-tier edge rusher, a guy who can get to the quarterback versus yes. a guy who's going to be more in coverage and be horizontal. Uh, look, those guys are crazy valuable. So if he thinks there's a leadership problem on that defense right now, you know, and especially in the center of the defense, then Levante David doesn't have a price tag. He's he's invaluable to that to that franchise. So, But can you find that guy late in the first round? Maybe. You know, maybe that's where a lot of these, you know, that's where the Bills have found it. The Jets certainly did it in free agency with C.J. Mosley. Uh, so we're finding them a different. Certainly Pittsburgh has done it year after year and, and the Ravens as well. So it's David's a hell of a player. If he wants to be, you know, pop out and join Cleveland to become the leader of that defense, I'm not going to blame Andrew Barry for overspending for him. Rashard Perryman, I have fitting in like seven different franchises. Right now. <laughs> but I could see him in San Francisco. I could see him in, uh, in on the New York Giants to replace Golden Tate as, as a again, a speedster. There are so many teams that have good hands, guys, but not enough speed. So I, I think maybe his price tag might might increase just a little bit because of the demand out there. But again, yes, that's a, that's a phenomenal, versatile replacement for whatever you need in your wide receiver room. Uh, I could see them both happening, but I, I just don't know if David gets out of Tampa Bay. He's, he seems too important to that defense. Yeah, yeah. Curtis Samuel, I think, I mean, like, to me, I, I mean, teams would be crazy. I wanted the Browns, like, if they let OBJ go, I would want the Browns to go after him. But I, I'm just thinking, and I was reading uh, the article that you did where you assigned all the players to the teams, and I was kind of looking at some of the figures. If he's going to command $12 million a year, that's, you know, they can't do that, right? But... You know, if he's going to get eight, then, I mean, he's an absolute steal, I think. I mean, all the things that you can do with that guy in an offense. Um, uh, how much is the TV money going to go up, Mike? I mean, like, more than they thought, right? Oh, yeah, more than double. I mean, it sounds like Monday Night Football just doubled, and CBS and Fox are all back in the fold. Amazon's going to be in. Maybe Paramount Plus is going to be in. Uh, that's, <laughs> not, that's not even without the international stuff. It sounds like over $14 billion dollars for this wow. new contract, which is just insane. So, like I said, there's money in the banana stand, and the uh, salary cap needs to show that this year. Yeah, yeah, see if they can get that to reflect this year. Because, as you said before, it causes a big problem if it's all next year, right? I mean, uh, Yeah, that's the uh, other thing. You can't go from 180 to, to 220. I mean, we yeah. saw that in the NBA. It was a nightmare. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Mike, uh, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. You're a gentleman, a scholar. I appreciate everything. Uh, and we appreciate you coming on All Eyes on Cleveland. You're fantastic. And maybe we can do it again sometime. My pleasure, Brad. Thank you. All right. Have a
That was the one and only Mike Gennetti of Spot Trek uh, joining us for a uh, interview, breaking down everything 2021 salary cap here on All Eyes on Cleveland. Thanks for listening tonight. Uh, some news today: It does look like the NFL is going to add a 17th game to the schedule. So, uh, 18 weeks, 17 games, no additional bye week, as it initially looked like there was going to be an, an, an added on bye week. Uh, but now it sounds like 17 uh, games in 18 weeks. They're just going to move the season back with just one more week. So the Super Bowl would be one week later in Los Angeles next year. Um, the way that that game is going to be determined from best that I can tell is that they're going to the 2019 schedule and whoever you played in your opposite conference and lines up with your ranking. So, for instance, the Browns, the AFC North, played the NFC West in 2019. And the third-place team, which where the Browns finished in the last year, uh, standings was the Arizona Cardinals. So, as of right now, I would, and it does sound like from what I could read today and determine, it will be... 2021 will be the home game for the AFC. 2022 will be home game for the NFC. So it looks like a uh, an additional home game added uh, versus the Arizona Cardinals, who just acquired uh, one J.J. Watt today. So that's what we can take away from the 17th game to the schedule. So you have that list. Everybody has that list of the Browns' opponents going forward. I would pencil in Arizona Cardinals at home for that that uh, what would be ninth home game right so uh, that that'll be interesting um, and that's to keep things fair so that you know one season the AFC has nine home games the next season the NFC has nine home games and vice versa uh, to keep things on a level playing field there also rumored in the same kind of news, a uh, wild card weekend, Monday night football. They're saying that one of the wild card games on wild card weekend could be pushed to Monday night football. So that's the news today breaking. Also, the J.J. Watt deal we talked about with Mike. Uh, just quick thoughts on J.J. Watt deal. I'm not really hurt by it. That's a lot of money, $31 million, two years, uh, 23 guaranteed. That's a lot of money to pay for a guy that's past his prime, in my opinion. Uh, as I said in, in the interview to Mike, I feel like the Browns' job one is to find that pass rusher. So I would like to see them address that at 26 and in free agency. You've got to add depth there as well. Um, if you can't get to the quarterback with four, we learned it from the Super Bowl, then you aren't going to be able to win in the playoffs. And you aren't going to be able to beat teams with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson that can scramble around like that. So the Browns have to add those guys. That's job one. And then add to the secondary. And we talked about uh, that with Mike as well, where uh, one place they could get better was, the, the you know, for cheap is the nickel position with a Mike Hilton or a Troy Hill etc and also safety and corner they really need to get better at all those places and of course linebacker as well which i think they'll address and the draft more likely than a levante david like 
was in Mary Kay's article today. I, I don't think that they will go out and spend that kind of money on a Levante David. I would be shocked. Uh, I, it would be great, but I just don't think they value that position enough to do that. But maybe I'm wrong, and, and maybe uh, that's incorrect. But uh, there's kind of the news, though. 17 games. Sounds like it'll be the Cardinals at home next year. Uh, so that's uh, kind of pencil that in as your game, and maybe a Monday night football game on Wild card weekend hope you enjoyed the interview with uh michael janetti of spot track tomorrow night 9 p.m we will be back with greg uh tom set he is a capologist for cover one we're going to get even further into the browns free agency here on your free agency primer week at all eyes on cleveland uh covering everything salary cap everything you need to know for mikey on the ones and twos we hope you enjoyed it Uh, Hit the subscribe button on your way out. Thanks for listening. This has been All Eyes on Cleveland. My name is Brad Ward. We are out. 